an assortment of highly secure, top secret locations throughout South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider. Self-nominated for multiple Golden Globes. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined as usual by sports editor Nick Talbot, beat writer Tom Orsborn, and the, I guess, surprisingly polarizing beat writer Jeff McDonald. I've, I've heard throughout this week that there are some people who love your uh, additions, your, your, your contributions to this podcast, and some who want you off forever. How do you, how do you feel about that, Jeff McDonald? You, you find that surprising? I'm being diplomatic. I mean, I, I thought that all the opinion would be on to have you off. Oh, so I it's, it's, it's surprising that it's sort of polarizing. Yes, um, I, I agree with that. I, I, I've also noticed as this podcast has gone along, I'm getting uh, like third billing now. I'm getting introduced last. Well, that, I, I, I introduced you last because I had a comment. And I wanted to uh, wanted to get to the fact that I that think, everyone hates me. No, not everyone. Yes. Just half the people. Yes. Do you think that's unfair that people want you off the podcast forever because they say that you're trying too hard to be cute or whatever it is? No, I mean I want me off the podcast. Like let's have a okay. Let's have a let's have a, a, a you know a, a, a get Jeff off the podcast drive. Is Jeff, as pol- is Jeff as polarizing as the boss's uh, uh, Jeep ad last night? <laughs> I, th- I think they're equally popular <laughs> and equally ridiculous. He's in good company. Yeah. Yeah. If I am uh, as equal- equally uh, popular and equally ridiculous as Bruce Springsteen, I think I'll take it. Well, we're talking about Bruce Springsteen, the Jeep pitch man, not necessarily Bruce Springsteen, the artist. Um, we are recording this on Monday, the, the morning after the Super Bowl, and heading into a back-to-back with the Golden State Warriors, who are coming off, I believe, a, a couple of games in Dallas where they looked like world beaters one night, and then uh, Dallas got got caught up to them on the second. Um, two teams in kind of interesting situations: the, the local Cagers, the Spurs, and the Golden State Warriors. Neither in the place where they were a year or two ago, but this could be kind of a, a, another test for the Spurs to see where they are. They're coming off two wins since our last, last podcast over the was it the Timberwolves and the Rockets. This will be a test, won't it? It'll be a Steph Curry test for sure. Uh, it'll you know it'll be an interesting test all around because um, Golden State in both these games is going to play. Um, no one taller than six seven. They've got all their centers hurt, so they have no centers, no big men. So it's just going to be small ball uh, galore for these guys. And the the first time they they were forced to try this in Dallas, they scored I like think 146 points and just mm-hmm. routed the um, the Mavericks. And the second time they lost, but Steph Curry scored I I I think uh, literally scored a bajillion points. It was an NBA record. Yeah. And so, um, they're playing a, 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 a that that small ball lineup that had Draymond at center that they were killing people with um, a few years ago. I mean, it also included Kevin Durant, so that was another reason they were killing people with it. Um, that's what they're using almost full time right now. So it's just going to be an interesting test because it's it's really unlike um, even in the small ball era of the NBA, it's unlike anything you see on a night to night basis. And I think that's what you saw in Dallas with them is it took the Mavs a game to adjust to it. 
And I'll be interested to see if the Spurs face the same conundrum in these two games. There is no LaMarcus Aldridge for Monday night's game for sure. Uh, Probably not Tuesday either. So that could add kind of a dimension to this in that um, uh, the Spurs kind of have to play smaller than they usually do at full strength. But still, uh, who does when Jakob Pertl's on the floor, who does he guard? That'll be something to watch. How long can he stay on the floor chasing these smaller guys? Um, I, I, I think that in a way the Spurs are kind of built to go up against a small ball lineup with all of their kind of interchangeable wings, long-armed wings that, that we've talked about throughout the season. So that, that it, it could be a fun couple of games to watch. Yeah, and it, it doesn't impact matchups as much, I guess. But, you know, with Lonnie Walker out with the uh, stomach illness, um, you're going to see more Devin Vassell. And we were just talking to him and shoot around. And he's, you know, an, an increased role that he's getting is kind of coinciding with him just being more comfortable with everything. He said, you know, his teammates, his coaching staff, uh, just, just you know, the, the playing every other day. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what he could do, you know, as he gets more and more comfortable. Yeah. I think it's Definitely. interesting on uh, on the um, question that we've had on this podcast before of how do they play all these guys now that Derek White is back? And I think we may maybe settled on this answer at some point. It just sort of worked itself out. Like there's always someone that has a sore knee or a sore back or a stomach illness. But this time it's Lonnie Walker. A few games ago, Rudy Gay was out. I mean, so it, it – there's all, there always seems to be room, room in the rotation for depth. So I think that's been something that's been interesting to watch the last few games as well. And we'll be there's, you know, these there's a couple of things going on um, with the Devin Vassell kind of evolution as to how he, he fits into the, the system. On The first thing is he's the highest drafted guy they've had in a long time. So you would have ex- expected – the highest draft pick that the Spurs have had in however many years, two decades to, um, to play more than most rookies. The other part of that was he, he gets thrown into it at a time when they started the season without Derek White. So that added probably something to it. And then there's all, like you guys have said, there's always been somebody out and just to kind of take stock of where he is, where I think, uh, the Monday night game will mark a third of the way through this NBA season, a third of the way into his rookie season. He's acquitted himself pretty well in terms of um, having to play a number of positions, whether he's filling in for Derek White or Lonnie Walker or even some of the bigger guys at some point. Um, he's not had one of those star turns like Tyrese Halliburton, who was the guy who was drafted one pick behind him. Uh, he might not have be getting the same kind of attention that some other rookies have gotten, but he seems to be just a solid um, bench piece that that Greg Popovich has been able to rely on for for most of this year so far. Yeah, yeah he, re- he really has. Yeah, Jeff, what did Rudy Rudy tell you about uh, you know Rudy saying he was lost at at that point when he came into the league and Devin just is much more mature at at this point. Yeah, and it's been um, uh, maybe surprising. Not, not no knock on Devin, but there's you know we've talked about it before. No summer league, shortened training camp. You're just sort of thrown out there, and and you've got to play basketball. And maybe uh, an interesting question to ask would be: did that did that help? Not having to just be inundated with 
information and have this long um, build up to try to figure it out, just to go out there and do what you've done since you were six, just go out there and play ball. And he's got really good instincts. We've seen that on the defensive end, a really high basketball IQ. So I think all of that has served him well. Um, even if he's still acclimating to the league, to other teams, to scouting reports, to how the Spurs do things, to terminology, teammates, even though he's acclimating to all that stuff, I think his instincts are just allowing him to contribute as he learns on the fly. Pulled off one of the dunks of the year the other night against the Rockets, right? It's yeah, just amazing. It's just amazing the Spurs have multiple candidates for dunks of the year. I uh-huh. never thought that would be something that we'd see. What uh, we? What do you guys think about the past week? Um, it's it's been one of these um, another one of these oscillating back and forth. Whether the sky is falling or things are great again, I, I think we recorded last week the day after they were coming off um, just shellackings by the Memphis Grizzlies. And, and they come back and have a pretty good week, a lighter week, just two games. But took care of Minnesota after a rough start. And then uh, the Rockets were playing without Christian Wood, but kind of handled business there and won at the Toyota Center for the first time in a long time. Um, I guess it's just more the same what we've been talking about all year. This is a team that's going to have good weeks and bad weeks and good games and bad games. And they're still right there. I believe at this recording, they are in fifth place in the Western Conference, a, a couple of games ahead of 13th. <laughs> Everybody's going to be kind of packed into that bunch for a while, I think. But, um, you know, what What do you guys think about the past week? They're going to oscillate back and forth, like within the course of a 48-minute game, as well as what we're learning or have learned. Because that, that Minnesota game was was close to being a disaster. Like yeah. after just getting just getting pummeled by Memphis two in a row, they came out really flat against a, a, the worst the team with the worst record in the Western Conference and the Timberwolves, and they're down 16 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they had never come back this. They were 0 and 7 this year. Went down by 16 at any point in any game, but went down by 15 at any point in any game. So that was a comeback that was um, maybe unexpected or, or against type for them. And if if they hadn't made it, or if they'd come back and lost by three. And then maybe got it together and beat the the beat up Rockets uh, in the next game. I don't know that we're thinking they had such a great week. We're thinking that well, at least they survived the Rockets game. But the fact that they were able to pull out both of them, I guess it it changes your mood a little bit. And like you said, you're in fifth place now, and maybe feeling a little good about yourself. But then you've got the Warriors coming in here who have um, you know routed them out in San Francisco last month. So it's it's hard for you hear teams talk about. I mean, it's been a cliche for. Every year since I've covered this league and probably before, but you can't get too high or too low. But you, that's that's really the truth. This team, just when you think you've got them figured out, um, they go the opposite direction with it. And the, the common denominator in both those games is DeMar DeRozan was great. You know, 30, 30 point games back to back and as usual, you know, distributing the ball so well, played well down the stretch, um, had that big three point play against Houston. And the guy's playing great. I don't know what what Memphis did to DeMar, but the last three games against teams that aren't Memphis, he's he's top 30 points. He's got a three-game three, uh, three streak if you're not counting the Memphis games. I don't know what, what Memphis did to him, but um, the other three are great. He's been playing great more or less all, all year. I mean, he's, 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 he's the head of the snake with his team. And uh, and I've been impressed with just the, the leadership he's shown. Uh, as we've mentioned a lot of times, he didn't yeah. ask to be – in San Antonio leading a rebuilding project. Um, but he's, he's taken that on with both hands. I, I think he, uh, 
sees himself not only the on-floor leader, the, the leading scorer, but he's also taken himself on to be a locker room leader, take some of these him – him and Rudy Gay and Patty Mills too – take some of these um, young kids under their wings and, and teach them and show them the ropes and help them get better and build a program that frankly, when it gets, if it gets back, you know, if everything goes well and the Spurs are back to humming again, DeMar DeRozan probably won't be a part of it by that point. So he's helping to build something that he's probably not going to enjoy the fruits of. And you just got to enjoy the professionalism um, that he's bringing to the job day in and day out. If something can be both blatantly obvious and yet kind of noteworthy at the same time, it's that he's been unquestionably their best player. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's, he should be, he's, he's the, he's the former all-star. He's the one, of the, one of the two highest paid guys on the team, but it seems like he's just kind of written off and been written off a few times since he's been a spur and he, he's the guy that makes them go and they're, they're playing well and it's, it's lar- like the, the, the young guys have been great and that's they're fun to dream on and to think about how how they can be the core of this team's future. But the the core of this team's present involves DeMar DeRozan being the best guy and, and not only racking up 30 points in a game, but when the game is on the line against both the Timberwolves and the Rockets, like Tom said, um, DeMar was at his best. And I think it's worth just taking a moment every now and then throughout the course of a season to like Jeff just explained to, to Marvel at how, how well he's embraced this awkward spot that he's in. And uh, you know, when, when you look at not to veer too far off, off topic, but when you look at free agents next year um, and, and who might have interest in DeMar and then who the Spurs might have interest and replacing DeMar with, like, it's not outside the realm of possibility that he could come back. Like, I'm not going to set odds on that. I'm not going to say that's likely. But if DeMar leaves the Spurs and the Spurs have all this cap space, like, they they could do worse than using that cap space on on more DeMar well, DeRozan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't necessarily have to use cap space on DeMar DeRozan because he's your owner free agent. Right. So you could have cap space plus DeMar DeRozan. But, but, but I'm, just, I'm just saying – um, you know, part of the appeal of letting uh, uh, a player like DeMar or LaMarcus get to the end of their time with the team is that when they leave, you have all this cap space to use, right? That's, that's typically what the, what a, yeah. why people value expiring ca- contracts. Well, if you let De- Lamar, LaMarcus and DeMar's contracts go and you have all this cap space, there's not, an obvious candidate out there to say, you know, go sign LeBron James or Anthony Davis or whoever, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying this is, this is way off topic for what is this February the 8th. There's a long way before this. I'm just saying that while it's not likely that DeMar DeRozan is part of the long-term future of the Spurs, it wouldn't, we, we shouldn't necessarily say that he's for sure gone at the end of the year. That's, also, I, miss, I misspoke earlier. You can't have DeMar DeRozan plus all that cap space. It's one or the other. I, I, okay. I, I had a little brain fart there, but I mean, I think when Spurs fans, um, when you get those negative Nelly Spurs fans that just that, that are just down, that are just down on Demar all the time. I think I think most of the time it's the argument is, well, he'll never be the best player on a title team, and yeah, right. no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> so, I mean, this team isn't close to that. Like, if, yeah. if your goal is is championship or bust with this version of the Spurs. Your, your expectations are just so out of whack 
that I don't even know how to help you or speak to you. Um, right. There's probably some political uh, analogies there that maybe we don't get into. But if your expectations are that out of go, whack. Go full-blown polarize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he's uh, sometimes you just got to uh, um, you've just got to admire players for what they are and enjoy right. players for what they are. And this is the guy Spurs fans have to watch right now. And he's pretty darn fun to watch. I mean, he's yes. a really fun player to watch. And maybe sometimes that's that's the best you're going to do um, in the middle of a re- rebuilding project. Because we've also seen rebuilding teams that are just a, an ass whip to watch. Like, you don't want to watch them until right. they're done with all this. So, right. in, in a way, Spurs fans aren't going to agree with this. But they're kind of getting the best of both worlds if you accept the fact that, that you're not a title team or really particularly close to it at this point. You're getting a team that's young, rebuilding, and still fun. And he's not holding anybody back. That's the other thing. There's this, yes, exactly. I could understand in, in previous years where there was this complaint that, you know, too much Marco Bellinelli is, is means that there's not enough name your G leaguer. Like I get that um, criticism. That, that makes sense. DeMar having DeMar take over down the stretch and win a game against Minnesota or Houston is not stopping Kelton Johnson or Lonnie Walker or whoever, DeJounte Murray from developing. Like it, it, they're learning how to win by playing on a team where a guy like them are takes over and they fit into their roles. Like, like, like you just said, it's the best of both worlds. And for the past however many years since Kawhi left, uh, we've been talking on this podcast about this eternal struggle between, um, you know, be, being in the middle of the NBA or blowing it up and starting over. And to, to your point, what you were just talking about, if every team that didn't have title hopes had to blow it up every year, then 25, te- 26 teams would be blowing it up every year. You know, somebody has to be pretty good. Um, and if the Spurs can be pretty good for the next year or so, like there's, there's, while still developing all these younger guys, like that's, that's not a bad spot to be in. I think yeah, it was I think Brad Stevens. Uh, I think it was Brad fine. Stevens. Go ahead. No, I said, no, I was going to say, when Spurs fans look at the offseason, if DeMar, or the Spurs look at the offseason, if DeMar DeRozan signs with this team, that's going to be a big win because it's a lot, exactly what Finger said. It's allowing you to build for the future while still potentially making the playoffs. And that's that's more than in a lot of these teams that can hopeful. I mean, you got teams like Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns, but they're you know, they're still last in the league and it's just, you have to look at what you have, appreciate what you have. And DeMar DeRozan's an excellent player. And if they re-sign him, it's, it's a win there because they have $56 million in cap space next year or some thereabouts, depending on, you know, what the cap ends up being. And DeMar would be an excellent signing for them to use some of that with. And that's, that's the way it is. And, and it lets all these other guys do what they do well too. So well, Brad, Brad Stevens was talking before the Spurs played the Celtics, um, I guess it was a few weeks ago, kind of a, kind of evaluating the Spurs roster. And he, he said the mix is important, the mix of vets and young guys. And he's the one that, that brought it up that some teams will just go all young, no vets, everyone young. And he said that's a mistake because these guys don't learn, don't, don't learn the, the ropes, basically. They have no vets to lean on. But like those vets are important whether it's DeMar, whether it's Rudy, whether it's Patty Mills, and even LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that's another guy that um, that has kind of take, maybe surprisingly taken on that role 
of being a mentor and a leader um, for this team. I don't know that people really thought of LaMarcus in those terms when he came to San Antonio, but I think he's grown into that sort of that definitely since he's been here. He's Just agreeing exactly with me. Right. I'm not polarizing at all. That's my point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everyone agrees with me all the time on everything. <laughs> <laughs> One of our uh, one of our listeners I was speaking to I won't mention his name but he's a devoted Spurs insider listener he also is he tells me he goes to expressnews.com for all of his Spurs coverage he signs up for the Spurs Nation newsletter because that's what serious Spurs fans do they 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 become expressnews.com subscribers they sign up for the Spurs Nation newsletter every day all the latest stuff he does this he listens to the podcast he did have one um, – he also finds Jeff polarizing, but he also pointed out that every time Tom speaks during the podcast, he, he reminds him of uh, a, a talk radio caller who's asked to turn down his radio. <laughs> like, like I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Tom's feedback there, but the fact that he's part of this and, and, and contributing is we'll, – we'll, we'll take it. I just I think some people are saying this is the greatest Spurs podcast that's ever, ever lived. I mean, I can't tell you how many people come up to me on the street and say, sir, I was listening to your podcast the other day. And it was it was it was just amazing. It happens all the time. Some some, some people are saying, um, you know, we should all get raises for this. I'm not saying it. Just some people are. I agree. I agree. But anyway, now, what, what's this about my feedback? <laughs> Where, where's our engineer? I don't know, but like, who's the sound man? There's, there's always sound issues with Tom Horsborn, and that just doesn't make any sense for a man nicknamed Ringo Starr. It's just, I'm over, yeah, I'm over here in Abbey Road. You know, it's <laughs> Apple Studios. It's tough. Okay. I mean, and it does sound like a podcast from 1962. Well, that that fits. I was born in '63. Oh wow! There you go, Tom Morrisborn <laughs> giving out personal information on the Spurs Inside Podcast. Also, what's a podcast? Yeah, we're figuring it out as we go. Um, is it too early to start thinking about where the the uh, local cagers fit into this uh, jumble? of the Western conference between like the truly elite, the Lakers and the Clippers and I guess the jazz. And then the only clear bad team is the Timberwolves and like everybody else is kind of in between there. Um, is, do y'all expect any separation at any point or is this kind of how it's going to be through April? Ah, that's, the, it's, everything is so tight. But but it, right now, under the NBA, I, it just doesn't seem like any team can stay healthy. And I think that's one reason why no one's separating. Uh, everyone's having a lot of injury issues this year, whether it's the shortened preseason or not. And no one's really – doesn't seem like any team's really outside of that Memphis streak is getting on in big streaks. And even then, Memphis came in here, took a couple games, and then what, lost three or four in a row now? Since then, three in a row, I believe. So it just doesn't seem like any team's – cohesive enough to really pull away outside of the Jazz, Lakers, and Clippers right now, at least I mean, in the Western a, Conference. That's a good point in that, A, a lot of like, injuries are taking hold in a lot of cases, and just the COVID situation is so um, unpredictable. Like, all of a sudden, you might have four games canceled in a row, or all of a sudden, you might be forced to play with seven guys, like two of whom are G-leaguers. And so it's really yeah. hard to – it's really hard to – um, pinpoint who is what, what team is what, and who is good and who is not. Um, and, also just, and then Durant's out. Yeah. And just the Western conference standings are so jumbled. Like the, 
at one point the Spurs were fourth, and then they lost a couple a couple games, and they were tenth. Now they're back to fifth, and if they lose these two to um, the Warriors, they're 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 back down there again. I, I like to look at the standings and see like because the goal if your if your goal if the goal is to complete compete for the playoffs, you got to be top ten this year, right? So who are the, of the teams right. that are not in the top ten right now? Who's going to jump up there? And like, there's some candidates. Like the Grizzlies are 11, the Pelicans are 12, the Mavs are 14th. Like any of those three seem like they should be better. Could be better than that. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest winning streaks right now are the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Kings. Um, That's why winning the season series was so important against Houston. I mean, that was that was a pretty big game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and then blowing it against the Grizzlies is going to be a problem. Could be a problem, you know. Hmm. One thing we haven't mentioned, um, and I guess that it's because of the kind of bizarre circumstances that surround it, but this is the this week marks the beginning of the rodeo road trip. Oh yeah, unbelievably, and and controversially, there is going to be, as of this recording, a rodeo in San Antonio at the Freeman Coliseum. The other cities in Texas have canceled there. San Antonio is sticking with it with reduced crowds. We won't get into that debate here, but the uh, the rodeo will happen. The Spurs will be on the road for, after this Golden State back to back for uh, for a couple of weeks, and this could be uh, this is where they finally start playing the Eastern Conference. By the way, um, I think they'd only played three games against the Eastern Conference, the, the fewest of all. <clears throat> Teams in the West so far, and I think they but, went three, three and zero oh against those teams. Uh, beaten against these, yeah, right. So they go to Atlanta, Charlotte, Detroit, Cleveland, the Knicks, and the Pacers. That could be a a, a make hay while the sun shines type of trip for them, um, considering that the the this is this is a year where the the home court advantage doesn't mean as much as it has in years past. That's true, and yet uh, all those teams are probably better than you think. I'm not saying they're all great, but they're better than you think. Like, you know, could you see Trey Young beating the Spurs? Probably. (laughs) Could you you see Gordon Hayward beating the Spurs? Probably. You know, some of those games. Colin Sexton's playing great. So all those teams have some guys that can beat you, and the Spurs are going to have to play well uh, to make that hay while the sun is in the sky. Right, and I I, – I think there's probably a player like that on most NBA teams, but I don't think it's uh, wrong to say that those teams have less, they scare you less than the schedule the Spurs have played so far. Yes, <laughs> I mean, that is fair. I mean, even the, like the, the, all those Minnesota games, the Spurs are through with the Timberwolves so far. Yeah. And, and who's the uh, Malik Beasley, <laughs> like with the Timberwolves, yeah. every game seemed to go off. Yeah. Um, and, and the Timberwolves are the worst team in the West. So there's always somebody, Christian Wood with the Rockets. Um, there's always somebody on on some team somewhere willing to willing to kind of step up and be a hero for the day. But I, I do think that just looking at the at the rodeo trip as a whole, that this is a situation where, you know, Nick was mentioning earlier, no teams are going on runs. The Spurs haven't really gone on an extended run at any point so far. They're 13 and 10, but uh, it's kind of been a couple of wins here that followed by a couple of losses back and forth. This could be a spot, even though, you know, like Jeff said, all those teams can beat you. If you're looking for a spot for a four or five game winning streak, this, this could be an opportunity for one. And or win, win, it's, uh, go ahead, Jeff. Just or win more than you lose or win right. a couple more than you lose. I don't know that you're yeah. going to sweep those, but, but yeah. what are they set? What are there? Seven of them? 
Like win five. Yes. Win seven of them. So if you win five or you win that that's really puts you up where you are in fourth or fifth place. That's all it takes in this year. It's um it you know, it, it, home court doesn't matter as much, but it is a compact rodeo schedule. I mean, there's every other day and then they play Detroit and Cleveland back to back. So it does have its challenges. Um, and speaking of the rodeo, I'm looking at my Twitter timeline, Mike, and uh-huh. it says uh, San Antonio Express News editorial. I guess that's going to be in tomorrow's paper. Maybe it's in today's. I haven't checked yet. Perplexing decisions by rodeo and fiesta. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is but, like, that that might be discussed on the Pluto Politics uh, podcast yeah. or or for sure on expressnews.com. People yeah. should check or, that out. It's they're, not they're, just Go ahead. What do you think that what do you think they're talking about on the rodeo podcast right now? Well, I think we should, I think we could start one and really get into like the Rovers and Who's the Mudbusters. You and, and your What if the Spurs was, Insider podcast started a rodeo uh spin-off? That would be something. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be we like uh, on the sports staff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I think we don't make grand predictions here in the Spurs Insider podcast. But we're going to predict some rodeo. Let's go. No, I'm just saying that that five and two, five and two, I think is a a realistic expectation for this for this road trip. And I think like back in the old days, I mentioned this a week or two ago. In the old days, the rodeo road trip was was when the the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili Spurs kind of came together and found their footing. And I think this could be the case for this team too, just because of the way it, it sets up. And that is my typical optimistic note. We like to finish on the Spurs insider thinking about all the good things that are happening. And uh, this could be a good thing for the local cagers. And I will remind you, as always, to take care of each other and to keep it real.